on this edition of the Iowa Business Report. And one of the things that we're seeing is an evolution in the hotel industry, much like every other sector of hospitality. A new organization is designed to help the state's hotel and lodging industry recover from the pandemic. The jobless rate is down and the percentage of population working is up in Iowa. And in our business profile, we'll learn about a winery and distillery whose owners have a great sense of humor and it shows up in their work. This is the Iowa Business Report for the final weekend of January 2022. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. When the pandemic shutdown started 22 months ago, among the hardest hit segments of the economy was the hospitality industry. Restaurants were forced to close, as were hotels. Folks didn't take business trips or family vacations. And while this state remains far more open than some areas of the country, those industries in Iowa are still recovering. As a result, a new trade organization has been formed to help the recovery. You may know Jessica Dunker as the president and CEO of the Iowa Restaurant Association. She now also holds those same roles with the new Iowa Hotel and Lodging Association. The hotel and lodging industry in Iowa did have an association, but when COVID came around, they just were not able to sustain that trade association. And because there are so many restaurants and bars located in hotels across the state, members of the Iowa Restaurant Association asked us to look at the possibility of starting something new back up. A lot of states will do hotels and lodging establishments included in their restaurant association. We've actually opted not to do that because while there are a lot of crossover issues, we really felt like both industries need a dedicated association advancing their legislative and regulatory agendas. And then that way, if there are issues of common interest, they can work together and arguably have greater strength from the wider membership. Absolutely. And, you know, there are a lot of times that that will be the case where we will have shared food and beverage in particular types of shared agenda items. Hotel and lodging properties have their own sets of needs and issues and unique uh, situations that they dealt with during COVID that they are still trying to get some recovery from. So they really needed their own dedicated group of people who are focused on their industry. How long do you think this organization that has just been founded is going to live within the Restaurant Association, or is that just to be determined depending on how the economy and the pandemic goes? So at this point, it's going to be a managed separate association from the Iowa Restaurant Association. As we grow membership and we grow political clout and as we look at our needs, we fully expect that this association will potentially remain managed by us, but take on a staff of its own. But right now it is young and really needed people that understood all of the processes and quite honestly that we can share services. So at this point we have our lobbyists working for both organizations. We have the infrastructure working for both organizations and our success goes hand in hand. When you talk about how a rising tide sails all ships, At the end of the day, food, beverage, eat, play, stay, drink, 
it's all about tourism and it's all about how do we take care of consumers who are either wanting to come and spend leisure time in our communities or business travelers who are coming to our communities, but they all need someplace to eat and enjoy a beverage and sleep. And so our success goes hand in hand. It was quite a natural fit. And quite obviously, if you have a vibrant tourism industry, quote unquote, that is going to impact not only local communities because of the wages employees are able to garner, but also the money that all these tourists spend in a variety of other ways. We don't really realize many of us who don't work in it like you do the exponential impact of tourism on a city. Well, one of the things that we find to be interesting is that Every dollar that's spent in the restaurant industry, for example, when it comes to wages and and such, nets more than a dollar into other parts of the community because our employees also go out and they spend in the community. But think about a, a retail, the retail impact. If the hotel and restaurant industry is not doing well in a community, the far reaching retail impact that that has as well. We really all work hand in hand to support Iowa's communities. Iowa's hotel scene is made up of, yes, there are hotel groups and national brands that you recognize, but like the restaurant industry, they are owned and operated by Iowans. And so really this association, just like the restaurant association, is one that's supporting Iowa business owners and people who live next door to you in your community. And so we just really want to see everybody be successful again. And, you know, there is a lot of recovery to be had in in the hotel industry right now as well. And that's sort of where I want to take it next, if we can. What shape, shall we say, is Iowa's hotel and lodging industry right now? Literally the end of January, almost two years into an unexpected pandemic. The hotel industry in Iowa specifically had an estimated loss of about $420 million just in room revenue. And when I say just in room revenue, that ancillary impact on meetings coming in or conventions that are being held, the food and beverage operations, that's not even taken into account when you look at that $420 million. We still have not recovered in the hotel industry 2,000 of the pre-pandemic jobs that people had. I mean, we just still don't have those people back in place. And so while rooms are starting to be booked again, we still need to see that meeting business come back. We still need to see those um, event spaces being filled. So we're on the road to recovery, but it's going to be, just like all of hospitality, a multi-year process to get us back to where we were in 2019. I have seen it written in many places that there is a discussion, I don't want to say a concern, but a discussion about the future of the meeting industry because so many of us would travel, whether it was a great distance or a short distance. You and I are connected via Zoom. The world is now connected via Zoom. That is really changing that portion of the industry. Is there a sense, or is it too soon to know a trend, is there a sense that there may be recovery, but it may take a little longer than some had hoped? Well, it's interesting that you would ask that question because the American Hotel Lodging Association just put out their travel readiness report. And one of the things that we're seeing is an evolution in the hotel industry, much like every other sector of hospitality. And it's the formation of what they call the leisure traveler, which is the blended business and leisure traveler, where yes, you might still come to a meeting, But things like technology access are so much more important now, because even if you travel to the meeting, a portion of that 
might still be um, virtual or in Zoom. So seeing that not just blended day-to-day work life, but that blended hotel stay so that you're adding a few days so you can get away with your family, because we'd all like to get out of our houses with COVID, but looking at how the hotel industry can accommodate the leisure industry. So some new words we're going to be learning as we move forward into 2022 and beyond. I've done that before where I would go to a a work event and then add a couple of days on the other end. I didn't know there was a word for it, but now there is. Let's pivot then finally to talk about the business that you've been associated with so long, and that is the restaurant industry. So, so strongly adversely affected by the start of the pandemic because of mandates and understandable, but now you're to a point where things are more open, but we have this workforce issue as well. Uh, Give us a state of the industry as we end January of 2022. You know, it's interesting. And if you would have talked to me last November, I would have said, boy, I think brighter days are ahead. But our latest study, which was just released this month, is that Iowa operators, 62% of them feel like business today is not as good as it was three months ago. And there are two really big factors contributing to that. One is workforce and the other is supply chain. Supply chain, in our opinion, is actually almost all a workforce-related issue as well. There aren't people to drive the trucks. There aren't people to package the meat. And uh, we're, we're having a hard time getting access to the things that we need. As a result, we have higher wages than we've ever had in our industry. And we have higher cost of goods than we've ever had in our industry. And we have higher prices to consumers than we have had in our industry. And yet our profitability does not reflect those increased prices. It's simply in response to increasing costs that we're having to bear as an industry. So it's a tenuous time. We are anxious as the state of Iowa. Jessica Dunker, president and CEO of the Iowa Restaurant Association and the new Iowa Hotel and Lodging Association. We connected via Zoom on Wednesday, January 26. Still to come low jobless numbers, and Marion produced wine and spirits with a story. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. What do Olympic wrestling legend Dan Gable, Hollywood funny man Adam Devine, and America's Got Talent soloist Emily West all have in common? Why, it's Waterloo, of course. These are only a few of the famous, noteworthy, and praiseworthy people who hail from Waterloo, Iowa. Which begs the question, why not Waterloo? I'm Mayor Quentin Hart, inviting you to Waterloo. Come for a visit, stay for the great quality of life. Look us up at cityofwaterlooiowa.com. Support for the Iowa Business Report comes from the Iowa Business Council, a nonpartisan nonprofit organization working to elevate Iowa's economy through leadership, research, and advocacy. Learn more and review their list of legislative priorities at iowabusinesscouncil.org. Iowa's unemployment rate dropped from 3.7% in November to 3.5% last month. That's also lower than in the same month a year ago. And lower than the national unemployment rate, that's at 3.9%. The total number of unemployed Iowans dropped to 57,900 in December. That's down 3,800 from the month before. Even more impressive, the total number of working Iowans went up by 5,200 people 
to 1,604,800 in December. That's more than 45,000 more people working than one year ago. And it means Iowa's labor force participation rate also increased a bit, up to 66.9%. Coming up, personalized products grown at home. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. New Year's resolutions abound, but how often do they last? I'm Michael Swanger, owner and publisher of Iowa History Journal. My challenge to every Iowan this year is to resolve to learn about our great state's history. And the easiest way to achieve that resolution is to order Iowa History Journal. Get six issues for only $18.95 by visiting iowahistoryjournal.com and pick up our January-February issue at Hy-Vee or Fairway. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, leading successful business, innovation, growth, and transitions. Search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook and get more at AdvanceIowa.com. Be sure to check there often for a list of upcoming webinars and other events. In this week's Business Profile segment, you'll learn about Heidi and Patrick Legal, owners of Cherry Meadow Winery and Distillery in Marion. The business has been around for a few years and has already undergone many changes. It actually started because I was in a car accident and I couldn't go back to work for anybody else, but I wasn't ready to be on disability. Still wanted to contribute to society, I guess you would say, you know, do something. We had been beekeepers and I had put together a business plan on how to put together a cherry orchard for my bees. And then in the business plan, it was, we have all this honey and all this cherries. Now, what do we do with it? So I had learned to make wine. And at the time, that was too big to make into one big plan. So I started with, I had won some awards in making wine. So I started making wine and we opened up the winery. And then this last year with the COVID, everybody says, well, you either got to learn a skill or clean your house. And I'm not going to clean my house. So I learned how to make spirits. <laughs> well, when confronted with that option, I don't blame you. Of course, let's, uh, let's make some spirits. How did you get interested in any of this to begin with? The beekeeping, first of all, and then ultimately uh, wine and spirits. <laughs> so the beekeeping, that's a, kind of a cute story. So when Ragbri came through, it went from Hiawatha to Anamosa. And we lived on County Home Road. And we had volunteered to host people, anybody with a camper, because we had a a big yard, big, I mean, we had an acre. But the day that they were supposed to come, we had a swarm that swarmed the tree in the center of our property. And my husband starts getting crazy and like, well, we got to take care of these bees. You know, we have these people coming and we have to get rid of them. And I Googled it and it said that, you know, if you're just calm, they will leave within a couple hours. So him and I actually got chairs and we sat there and watched them. So we watched an entire swarm come to the tree in the center of our home, bundle up, and then watch them all leave like two hours later. After they left, my husband and I looked at each other and we're like, we need bees. Because obviously you have a way with bees, it appears, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess it was it was a couple months later. It was like November. And my husband's like, well, what do you want for Christmas? And I'm like... 
we need these. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get something. And so yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Well, uh, it's sometimes the best plans are the things that are unplanned. And obviously, you're in in this situation. What have you learned about this business that surprised you, or that you didn't think that was going to be a factor when you got into it? Advertising. I never took in like to account advertising because to me it was, oh, well, you own a winery. Everybody knows to go to a winery. Well, except for we're kind of like in a corner spot in the back of Marion. It's not like we're downtown where everybody walks by and everybody's like, oh, well, there's a winery in the middle of Marion. And to this day, four years later, we still have people, well, we never knew you were there. Kind of tucked back into a corner. Well, it's good to live in a secluded area, not necessarily the best for a business, I suppose. When you expanded from wine into spirits, how did that change uh, the character of the business? Does one need a lot more equipment? Is it the same basic equipment and then you develop the the different formulas or how does that even work? It's truly about the same basic equipment. I use most of the equipment that I use for the wine on the spirits. We just add a still and a corn cooker. <laughs> about as basic as, as one could get. If you go to your e-commerce site, cherrymeadow.square.site, there's a whole host of different products and a variety of things that kind of surprised me i mean a lot of folks went into the hand sanitizer stuff but you have dips how does this come about for you the dips was kind of like a a party thing so you're gonna have wine you're most likely gonna have friends over why not have dip at the same time we we keep a couple on the end it's not we've actually expanded more into the drink mixes so if you go and look at our wine slushies those are super popular what is it about coming up with the formulas? Because I'm looking now at the wines that I can purchase, and I might expect something like apple, blackberry, lemon. Okay, I, I mean, I don't know much about this. I might expect those. Pineapple, habanero, that's not something that I necessarily expected. Uh, tell me what's distinctive about some of these products that Cherry Meadow has. So our best seller is lime, far and away. Our best seller is lime. So the cute little story behind that is I used to work for an engineering design firm. I was their admin and I started taking engineering classes to become an engineer. I did not get my engineering degree because I could not pass chemistry. That's ironic now, isn't it? Right, because I do chemistry all day long. <laughs> so in the wine business, there you have to get the yeast to eat the fruit, which most fruits, it's fine. Lime is too acidic. And so it was kind of a, a chemistry experiment to get it to ferment. And I figured it out and I made it as a joke. I said, look, honey, what I can do. And then he's like, well, you have to put that out there. On, you know, you have to sell that. Like, no, 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 I made that for me. Like, that's mine. He goes, no, 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 just, just put it out there. And I put it out there and I sold out in like a week. And it, it's our bestseller. It's, it's one of those things that because I couldn't pass chemistry and now <laughs> this is what I've done, it's, it's interesting to me. But it really it does taste like a margarita without the tequila. Tell me why you have the different branding and, and where the names came from. I can kind of figure out Cherry Meadow because of the cherry trees. Okay, so we started with Cherry Meadow because we were going to have a cherry orchard for the bees. Sure. So it turns out that the federal government says if I named my wine that, 
that everything either had to have cherries in it or had to be from the same meadow. So our wine brand is actually onomatopoeia wines. So an onomatopoeia is a word that's a sound. So if you look, all of our wines have onomatopoeia names. Lime is twang and we have boom and buzz and, you know, like the old 60s Batman, pow, king. Anyway, so we named it that because if you squeeze a fruit, a little wine comes out. (laughs) W-H-I-N-E. So that's how we got our wine brand. And then, yes, we do have, we have Charlay cows and they're all white. And if you look at them under a full moon, people say they look like we have ghost cows. So therefore we make white cow spirits. That's just fantastic. What are some of the, uh, what are some of the challenges that you look at here in the next few years? Obviously you took, you know, a terrible situation, frankly, and, and made this out of it, which is, which is wonderful. Then pandemic is in there as well. Well, what do you look at now with that business plan looking forward? Well, we do want to move it out to our farm. We have a farm out in central city. We'd like to, you know, be like a, a winery destination place because that's what you think of when you think of wineries. And we're working up to it. It's um, a lot of cost and a lot of rules and regulations that we have to look at. So that's going to be one of our big challenges is how we move from our cute little shop in Marion to being a name that you recognize. Heidi Legal, she and her husband Patrick own Cherry Meadow Winery and Distillery in Marion. Online at cherrymeadow.square.site. We connected via Zoom on Wednesday, January 26. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. And we're also found on all the major podcast distributors, 19 now in all. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, leading successful business, innovation, growth, and transitions. Search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook and get more online at AdvanceIowa.com. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.